Thank you. Thank you, choir, for that uh, word of hope, that, that hope of that day that uh, indeed Jesus returns and makes all things right. Um, uh, my name is uh, Drew Smith. Uh, welcome to you here, those with you, those with us online. I have the honor of being able to be the, the pastor of the Church of Jesus Christ that meets in this particular um, location here at uh, College Hill. And uh, glad that you're all uh, with us and fun again to see your faces. Whether they got a smile or a frown or they're asleep, I don't care. It's just good to see your faces. Um, today we, we start our Lenten journey of the, this, this season that the church has set aside for, for centuries and, and centuries so as to prepare for what we call Holy Week. That, that week where we walk with Jesus from Palm Sunday to Good Friday to Easter so that when we come to the resurrection we are ready to, to celebrate even deeper. Uh, we're, we're ready to, to, to fill our, our soul with the power of Jesus' love and his resurrection. So may this this season that we venture into today, these five weeks of preparation we call Lent, um, have that preparatory uh, work on our soul. Uh, and, and we're going to be talking about conversations with God, uh, that uh, whenever, wherever, or whatever, uh, we can have conversations with God, which is what we, we call prayer. But oftentimes we think of prayer of only of asking God for something. We don't think of God, prayer necessarily as conversations, which are a two-way street, which are part of a relationship um, with one another. And what we want to, to say today, particularly, that it's whatever you want to talk to God about. Whatever you want to speak to God about. That's, that is open game. Cause, cause believe it or not, if you hear anything from this, uh, I hope you catch that, that my itty bitty life, your itty bitty life is of great importance to God. And He's ready to engage with you. In your little grain of sand on the beach of all of humanity. He wants to engage with you in your life. Uh, and particularly today in the, the complaints. Uh, in, in the times that you, you want to, to moan, that you want to groan, that you want to say, hey, this stinks. And you can substitute whatever word you want for stinks in, in there. Um, it's just this is a family service and we don't want to use that other language. But I will say, we'll say God can handle it. God can handle it. Uh, because, you know, on because in, in prayer, if there's one thing about, about prayer, particularly when it comes to these prayers of lament is what they're called, is that um, God already knows you know, that's the thing about, we're, we're not informing God. We're talking, we're engaging, we're conversing with, with God. That, that's what God, God loves that engagement with us. And, and the only person we're fooling, if we think we can hide from God, is myself or yourself. Uh, you know, I'm only fooling me if I think I can hide something from, from God. So when life stinks, talk to God. You know, we, we've had this week, these last two weeks, you know, uh, things for COVID start to settle down. And then what happens but an invasion 
Um, uh, uh, one of the largest invasions since World War II of a nation inv- invading. And you've seen the pictures of uh, what's going on in um, what used to be, you know, Kiev, and here, you know, then after you know, the, it, we see this, you know, and these pictures are everywhere. And and this brings fear, helplessness, despair. What do we do? And, and that's an occasion for lament. But so is also an occasion for lament. Just our own disappointments. You know, that the the person you asked out on a date said no. Yeah, that that's, can be reason for lament. Uh, things that work, not going well. Relationships with parents, with children, with spouse. That, that's a reason for lament. Whether it is an invasion of global proportion or an invasion of bedbugs. Those are reasons for lament that we can bring before God. God wants us to bring it on. Uh, so our passage that we're going to look at today is Psalm uh, 22. And, and I'm going to, we'll, we'll, we'll read it through just section by section. Um, uh, because it is one of the prayers of lament. But let's, uh, let's pray together before we turn there. Almighty God, we give you thanks again for your written word as it speaks to us of your truth. Uh, now, Open our minds and hearts to receive from you and free our souls in, in, in our prayer with you, in our conversation with you. Teach us and lead us, meet us here. In the name of Jesus we pray, amen. All right, so this is one of uh, 58 psalms of lament. So over a third of the psalms are people complaining to God. And, you, and as you'll see, as we look through here, they complain with some rather stark language. Um, you know, and and uh, so did the prophets, Isaiah and Jeremiah. They're filled with lament. Job, the whole story of Job. There's a book, Lamentations. It's one of the books in the Bible. And written, we think, by Jeremiah. But it was the people of Israel, the people of God, saying, God, what are you doing? They, they've, they've been destroyed. The, the cities have been destroyed. They've been imprisoned and dragged to, to Babylon. They were in exile as prisoners. And they're crying out to God. I mean, four of the five chapters are simply, God, what's going on? You've forsaken us. You've left us. You're, you're not keeping your end of the bargain. And that's what a, a lament is. That open and that honest uh, to God. All right, so um, Psalm 22. Uh, we'll, like I said, we'll just look at sections of it. So the first two verses. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Why are you so far from saving me from the words of my groaning? Oh, my God, I cry by day, but you do not answer. And by night, but I find no rest. See, lament cries out to God in times of despair. You may recall that this is what Jesus cried out when he was on the cross and on Good Friday. Crying out to God with emotional honesty. Feeling abandoned. We can feel this kind of despair in our lives. It can be for what's happening to us or it can be what's happening in the world around us. 
I feel despair again this morning. A 21-year-old man was shot and killed in Walnut Hills. And in the last year, the last two years, I mean, the number of teenage homicides has just skyrocketed in our city and across the United States. And it just, the, the, the despair of, of people that would be in that kind of situation and, and why they would lose hope or why they would be so quick to, to violence. And then the propensity and availability of guns and ammunition that's so readily available for teenagers. That, that, that is just despair and it just breaks my heart to hear and know and, and to, I, I'm in relationship with, with kids in our neighborhood who have guns. And they'll, they're, they're fools and they don't even know it. And it just brings great despair. I mean, this year, Ralph Williams, you know Ralph Williams, he's the director of Christ Community in College Hill. His granddaughter, his 18-year-old granddaughter, just graduated from high school, was headed to, to community college, going to play basketball there. And she's with two of her friends. Her name is Journey. She's with two of her friends and they're um, just hanging out, having a good time. But they're also playing around with guns. And one of them goes off and shoots her and kills her. Yeah, 19 years old. That's despair. I mean, that's now a granddaughter. That's a daughter. That's a sister. That, who, and, and, and that's you know, three families. Not only Journey's family, but the two guys. You're now serving time for what the, the accident that happened in their, their midst. Yeah, that's, and that's just one story after another. So that lament can cry out to God, God, how does this happen? Why does this happen? That, that's a biblical prayer to cry out to God. Verses three through five, the tune changes though. And this is the nature of lament. This is the nature of walking with God. Verses three through five. Yet, You are holy, enthroned on the praises of Israel. In you our fathers trusted. They trusted and you delivered them. To you they cried and were rescued. In you they trusted and were not put to shame. God God will lead us in despair to trust. And what with David, what's happening with David here is he's remembering what God has done in the past. He's remembering the stories that he heard in Sunday school. He's remembering the stories that he heard from his uh, grandparents uh, that were passed on of what had happened to God's people. And, and Abraham was called to lead them to, to be a light to, to, the, to the nations. And that, that they were taken by slaves in Egypt. And then God brought Moses to, to lead them out of slavery. And even in spite of them, they wandered in the wilderness for 40 years. But God was still faithful. And he raised up Joshua to lead them into the promised land. God has been faithful even in the midst of his the, his people's unfaithfulness we can look at the history of, of the church today and we can see God's hand particularly in nations like Iraq you know, and the, the, the church in, in Iraq has, has been up and down for millennia 
Even in, in our lifetimes, the last 20, 30 years, you know, the, with ISIS coming through and the, the, the war in Iraq, the, the church, particularly in Mosul, Iraq, has gone back and forth. I mean, almost like a tennis ball at a tennis match has been the church, depending on who was leading and who, who wasn't and if they were in favor or out of favor. And today, they're back in favor. As ISIS is now declined and Iraq is now allowing for the churches and the mosques to be, be rebuilt and to start to meet again. They no longer have to call one another um, on a phone chain. Not a prayer phone chain, but a, a, um, a bomb and gun phone chain is what it used to be. Are there people on the street corners with machine guns on the way to church? Uh, yeah, there are. So we'll meet next week. And when there weren't, it's like, no, it's safe. You can come and meet. Well, now that's now subsiding. Of course, there's plenty of other places where the, the church continues, the, particularly the church in Afghanistan today. It is not a safe place for Christians in Afghanistan today. But we can look at the church around the world and throughout History and say, okay, God, you've been faithful. We can trust in you. We know the stories of your faithfulness. So we move from despair, but God leads that despair to trust as we look at what God has done. But the condition may not change. That's what happens with David. His condition hasn't changed, and you'll see. Going back and forth or up and down. The roller coaster of David in this prayer. Verse 6. But I am a worm and not a man. Scorned by mankind and despised by the people. All who see me mock me. They make mouths at me. They wag their heads. He trusts in the Lord. Let him deliver him. Let him rescue him. For he delights in him. A lament cries out to God in helplessness. I mean, personal persecution, mocking, bullying. And you may even hear this hearkening back to Jesus on the cross as well, or pointing ahead uh, from David's perspective as Jesus was mocked on the cross. And that this cry of lament is, I can't help myself and nobody else is going to help me either. Everyone is against me. That's the honest cry of lament. And it's a natural place to be at times, to feel helpless. You know, I mean, the pictures in Ukraine. I mean, a sense of helplessness. The church in Afghanistan, a sense of helplessness. Yes, what can we do? Yes, we can pray. We can engage in, in some way. But there's a real sense of we just have no, nothing we can do. Even the, the, the guns in our city. What can we? There is a sense of helplessness. But, but lament, l- lament, it, it leads us to point us to God. In our time of helplessness. It protects us from a number of other ways we could respond to this sense of helplessness. We can blame other people. You know, we can, we can blame whomever is in power. We can blame others. We can blame the postman. I don't, we can figure out ways to blame. And that's what I find is maybe one of the unhealthy aspects of social media. It becomes just a place of blaming. 
And that doesn't help. That, that's not lament. When we then turn our eyes towards one another. Oh, we also can respond to this by just circling the wagons and protecting ourselves. Nothing wrong with protection. Nothing wrong with taking care of ourselves. And those kind of things. But we then, if we do that, it turns us upon ourselves, not to the needs that are around us. So that the blame, protection, or we can just deny it. Deny it exists in some ways. You know, just get lost in the pleasure of the moment. The entertainment, sports, games, hobbies, self-medication, whatever it might be. We just deny it and, and go just find some sense of pleasure for ourselves. Lament, actually, that place of our helplessness, helps us avoid the, the blame, avoid the protectionism, avoid the denial So that we actually, if nothing more, we're engaging with God in the evil in our world. Saying, God, do something about this. And God will continue to lead us. Just just as God led us to trust, here he leads us again in verses 9 through 11. Yet, you are he who took me from the womb. You made me trust in you at my mother's breast. On you was I cast from my birth. And from my mother's womb you have been my God. Be not far from me, for trouble is near. And there is none to help. Here we see how God leads us in helplessness to peace. As David remembers what God has done in his life. He he remembers not only, as before, God's faithfulness and care for the nation of Israel and for the world, but he remembers God's provision and blessing for him. In lament, as we engage with God, eventually it points us, we, we do stop and we say, but God, you have been good to me. And it's easy it's easy at, at times to lament, and when bad things happen, we all do this. It's just, man, why are these bad things happening? Why are these bad things happening? I'm trying to do the right thing, and these bad things are happening. Why is that? It's, it's rare that we say, man, why are these good things happening? It's rare that we got up this morning and say, wow, why, Lord, did you give me breath to make it through the night? Yeah, and I don't know, when you had your yogurt and fruit this morning, I, I didn't stop and say, wow, God, how did I get fresh blueberries today? You know, and, or when, when I, uh, see my wife this, the, the later today, and I'm like, man, Lord, why did you give me the gift of my wife, children who are healthy? I, I'm still here. I, I think I'm still in my right mind. Y'all tell me when I'm not. But do I stop and thank him or do I, do I get frustrated? Oh, I forgot that word. I forgot that thing. I mean, I get frustrated with, instead of saying, man, look at what you have given. We don't, we don't, we don't naturally move in that place. And it's a funny thing how lament, when we open up to God, what, how we're helpless, then that we see and remember God's track record with us. God is faithful. And if God has brought us so far, he's brought you and me this far, God's not going to stop. 
and, and I like, and I, and I see in, in verse 11 there that I, I think he, that David then is crying out, but he's crying out there out of a place of peace. You know, that verse, be, be not far from me, for trouble is near and there is none to help. So this, this journey of lament leads us to this place of peace, trust and peace. But again, the circumstances still haven't changed for David. We're still on this roller coaster. For, for in verse 12, he, he reaches out and, and cries out to God again. I mean, I think we can relate to that yo-yo. You know, I mean, because there are times, I mean, right now, maybe each of you in some way you said, yeah, thank you, God, for this and that. And, you know, in another five minutes, we're going to be blaming God for something else. You know, I mean, it's just our nature to go back and, and forth. So I, what I, the other thing I appreciate about these lament psalms, they don't expect perfection. They just say, be honest, be real, be real with God. And as you hear these, these are really emotionally laden. And there may even be one of the phrases or two that really capture your your attention here. Verse, Verse 12. Many bulls encompass me. Strong bulls of Bashan surround me. Now, Bashan was the bull capital. Sort of like Texas, you know. Think of Texas longhorns. You know, they're big and big horns, big animals. That's what the bulls of Bashan were. They open wide their mouths at me like a ravening, roaring lion. I'm poured out like water and all my bones are out of joint. My heart is like wax. It is melted within my breast. My strength is dried up like a potsherd and my tongue sticks to my jaws. You lay me in the dust of death. For dogs encompass me, a company of evildoers encircles me. They've pierced my hands and feet. I can count all my bones. They stare and gloat over me. They divide my garments among them. And for my clothing, they cast lots. Lament cries out to God in defeat. Again, honest feelings in the midst of trouble, in the midst of defeat. And, and you may even hear a hyperlink uh, to, uh, that points us to the cross. of Some of these things said also about Jesus, you know, piercing his hands and feet, uh, dividing his garments, casting lots for clothing. Lament is a crucial and necessary part of our prayer life. At one that we largely... In, in, uh, affluent America um, who haven't had a a nation invade us um, uh, in anything, any Navy. The the things that we've experienced, at least in my lifetime, is like 9-11. But even, even then, in our affluence, we forget the reality of lament. We, we want to go so quickly to celebration. It's a crucial and necessary part of our prayer. So a celebration. But lament's one that we forget because the seasons of life and the challenges and the struggles can take its hold on us. I, I know for me, there have been times in ministry that I, I've been at the place of really being ticked off, disappointed with God. 
I'm, I'm Southern, so I, I can't get comfortable with being ticked off with God yet. But I can at least uh, be disappointed in God. You know, that didn't get the results that I wanted. Man, I was trying to do the right thing in the right way. And, and it just didn't get the results. And what I, I tend to do, I tend to go to blaming. You know, I, I blame myself, I blame you, blame the, the, the um, other churches, uh, blame other, other people, in the, uh, blame the staff, you know, uh, blame. And then I move to passive prayer. But that's the very thing that lament prayer corrects. When you feel like you know, you've done the right thing in the right way, that you, you, you've busted your butt to do the best that you could, and God doesn't deliver. Be, be careful of the, the blame, the protectionism, or the denial, and the escape, and remember lament. Remember the emotional honesty of coming to God and giving Him a piece of your mind. Even blaming God. Did you catch that in verse 15? Uh, where, where He said, You lay me in the dust of death. And this is King David. And remember, it was Jesus who was quoting this on the cross, saying, God, why have you forsaken me? God can handle it. In the midst, but in the midst of defeat, eventually, it leads, lament leads to, to hope. Let's look at verse 19 through 21. But you, O Lord, do not be far off. O you, my help, come quickly to my aid. Deliver my soul from the sword, my precious life from the power of the dog. Save me from the mouth of the lion. You have rescued me from the horns of the wild oxen. Recounting the character of God, remembering what God has done throughout history and even in our own lives, it leads us ultimately through lament to hope of God's ultimate rescue. That in Jesus we are secure. No matter what, even death will not separate us from him. As I thought about this, I remembered the story of uh, Trayvon Martin and his parents. You remember Trayvon Martin? He was killed almost 10 years ago, a little over 10 years ago now. 17 years old. And and what was uh, lamentable in so many ways, I mean, one, a 17-year-old who was killed, um, and that it... What was also lamentable is that it became more an issue of debate rather than sorrow. Um, and I always felt that for his parents um, because uh, it was so divisive as to who wanted to blame whom. And that became the national dialogue. And it was five years ago that I read uh, an article in Time magazine um, from uh, uh, Sabrina and, and Tracy um, his uh, his parents and they were asked how they made it through, and, and even the 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 journalist knew from talking to them of their faith. The journalist's question was, "You have a deep faith in God and trust in Scripture. How has your faith changed since Trayvon's death?" 
And what they uh, said, that it, their, their faith has, has deepened. They, they came to the Lord. They, they cried out to him. And, and uh, what Tracy Martin says, his mother, there, or his dad, uh, there is only one way to come out of that dark place, and that is the power of prayer. That they lamented all that went on. I mean, they had to lament not only that their son was killed, but they had to lament that it became a national debate. And yet now, through that lament, they have encountered hope. And now, even engage the world. They continue to speak today to other parents that have lost their children. They speak today, seeking to have rules and regulations and laws that maybe would have prevented what happened between Trayvon and George Zimmerman. They lamented through that brokenness and they found hope through Christ. Ultimately, and they also said that they really found that as they joined with their fellowship of other Christians and engaged with them in the evils of the world. And that's what... uh, David finds as well in verse 22. I will tell of your name to my brothers. In the midst of the congregation, I will praise you. You who fear the Lord, praise him. All you offspring of Jacob, glorify him and stand in awe of him. All you offspring of Israel, for he has not despised or abhorred the affliction of the afflicted. And he has not hidden his face from him, but has heard when he cried to him. From you comes my praise in the great congregation. My vows I will perform before those who fear him. The afflicted shall eat and be satisfied. Those who seek him shall praise the Lord. May your hearts live forever. Lament leads us then to share our pain and our praise and our resolve with one another. An honest assessment, an honest sharing of our emotions, no holding back, no denying the reality of our pain and evil and despair for ourselves or for others leads ultimately in the congregation, in the community, to support one another in their pain. Not not leading to denial, not leading to a stiff upper lip or just bear through it, but let the pain be known unto God. And then we, as God's people, will continue to offer praise for God's beauty. It's necessary for those who are in lament. To gather together with one another and praise the living God. Just a, a shout out uh, to y'all who lead us in worship. On the piano, on the organ, with your voices. Thank you. For You, you never know. I know a lot of time is spent, is spent in focus, and well, it should just on singing and, and leading us with excellence. But you, you don't know how your praise fits into this psalm and how that may lead one of us in the midst of our despair, in the midst of our sense of helplessness, to praise the living God and be on the journey of, of lament that leads ultimately to hope.
I've sat in that chair. I've sat in a chair over there on a couple of times when you were singing and I remember being brought to tears in the moment because there was a sense of hope and reality of God in the midst of helplessness and despair. Thank you. So brothers and sisters in Christ, we can talk to God whenever, wherever, and whatever. And particularly in the times of despair. Particularly in the times of helplessness. Be a people of lament. So that we're real, real in our relationship with God. And in that emotional honesty with God and with one another, God will continue to transform us so that we are a people who engage the evil in our world, not out of our helplessness or not out of our pain, not in in, in blaming, but out of the hope that comes only from Jesus. Let's pray.